the new Parkway Theater, where good food, diverse entertainment, and community create a place for everyone. For showtimes and special events, check out www.thenewparkway.com. You are listening to High School 5.0, where real talk is our vernacular. Do you remember that first ad for Ragra when it first came out during the Super Bowl? Oh. It was funny because it had the dude was like sitting there and it's like, yeah, feeling a little slow lately, feeling a little this. It was like an older white dude. He had a hot like wife that looked like she was like a hotter 35-year-old or something. And he was like older gray hair. And then like he had this football. He was looking at like he didn't know what to do. And then all of a sudden it says Viagra. And then yes. he starts throwing the football through the tire that was hanging Sorry, from the tree, yo, looking like Joe that. Montana. <laughs> Only thing that would have been more obvious because he was just hitting a whole hole in it every throw after that, after they explained what it was. I remember Jim Rome said the only thing missing was just him throwing the ball at a straight cat. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I saw that uh, that there's a group of people trying to, or a group of uh, uh, I forget which Native American tribe it is, but they're soon to have the commanders change their name back to the Redskins. Because oh, they're like, man, we so, even making money off that. <laughs> they're like, well, like we're, they're like, oh, you're trying to whitewash this out of history. Like this is like one of the few places like people like see a Native American image. Yeah. So what if it's racist? Origins, like it's a point of pride <laughs> to remember. So, whoever buys the team now, team now, they're they're thinking about they might change the name too. It's a kerfuffle. The Redskins. Well, the Redskins is kind of like wasn't a tribe called the Redskins. Like it was. That's what I understand why they might want, but because of the legacy and it's been and and, and there's some there's some credence to that. But uh, in this case, I'm 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 squarely on the side of they should just change the name a long time ago. But it took this amount of time, so fair enough to the process. But it is progress, and they should be something different now. If there was like, you know, what I'm saying the Tuscaloosa nigga coons minor league baseball team and they're like this is the only time you can see imagery of a nigga coon eloquently articulated in some kind of coon ass uh, uh mascot or, or or decals and we need that back because it's fucking up our revenue stream and what people know us for <laughs> it's like <laughs> that's kind of outlandish i understand why economically you might have been you've you've created a niche around that but that's one of those niches that you might got to think about. Do you really want to continue that just for the sake of the fact that you figured out a niche for it? And I hope that's not the case. I hope there's a better reason for them wanting to switch the Washington commanders back to the nigga coons. Um, but they want to switch it back to the Redskins. Yeah. They want to switch it back to nigga coons. It's an actual Native American tribe that wants to like it. They're called the nigga coon tribe. How much they pay off that tribe, Brandon? <laughs> How many casinos did they have that had the Redskins logo on it and was had a spot partnership with the Redskins football team of some sort? We can't afford any new paint. <laughs> so we gotta You know how much it takes to make a neon sign these days? <laughs> it's the article you sent, Brandon. Oh no, never mind. Oh, no, yeah, you don't have to find it. We can just it's just you know, I'm I am 
I am projecting what I think the main reason is why they would want that. Not not because unless they were like, yes, we are the Redskin tribe. Like we don't even have a indigenous name for ourselves. We just <laughs> you all are Redskins, okay? <laughs> yeah. We the Redskins. Yeah. Now. <laughs> you tell yeah. us the course kid. That'd be like that'd be just as bad as like, you know, Nithin and his whole India Pakistan thing. He'd be like, Man, they said we are different from them. <laughs> Even though we're the same people and the British are trying to divide you guys. No, we different from Pakistan. Okay. <laughs> same food, same languages, same religions, but we yeah. different. It was it was a region of of di- diverse you know you know communities and culture, but like still, you know, what I'm saying it wasn't something where it's like all of a sudden we got these this country border and now like it's some goddamn bullshit. It's like the British uh, are really good at um, placing new new places around the world and being like this is what it is now. <laughs> they good at that, real good. Critical race theory. Can you tell me what that means? Hey, we yeah. might as well start Jerry. Pedro said he don't know. He's going to be in and out. He don't know what's going on around his house because his wife's birthday. All right. Well, uh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the High Score 510 podcast. You can catch us at High Score 510 on the Instagram, the YouTube, and on the Twitter at Horcrux Hipster. Also, check out our um, TikTok page at the High Score 510. <laughs> remember that. At Horcrux Hipster is pretty easy. It's a pretty easy name to remember. Hipster Horcrux. I mean, it's easy if I was looking up, if I was like, hey, man, let me go look up Horcrux Hipster website. And we are here with... Uh, this is AG3 coming at you straight from AG3's kitchen because I spilled stuff all over, a beer all over my table. Spilled it, picked it up, and dropped it right after I picked it back up all over the table, computer, everything. Yeah, AG3's out here. Uh, wreaking okay. havoc in his own house. All right, here's your sound bite. Who the hell is this? Kevin Gates? Come on. And that's your boy Zion Williamson. You know, I think we kind of went into the game too, like Kazegazugal. You know, I think we kind of went into the game too, like Kazegazugal. <laughs> this magic moment. Zion Williamson uh, proving that he too. Can earn that magic moment just like AG3. <laughs> I want to hear him say library next. <laughs> that sounds like an uneducated though. Mine is just mispronouncing. Mine could be like the mispronunciation of Lauren Hill. This is this lack of education. You know, he's like, I've heard this word said before, but I don't quite remember exactly how it sounds. <laughs> He's like halfway through it. He tried. He's like, I'm gonna say, oh shit, no, I don't. Uh. You know, I think we kind of went into the game too, like Casagas will. Like, not like he was Casale. His facial expression uh, let it be known that he was a little disappointed in what came out of his face. I don't think I said that right. <laughs> <laughs> That's one where it sounded right in his head, and then once it came out of his mouth, he said, oh shit. <laughs> And we are here with. Hey, what's going on? This is Brandon, aka Taco Pablo. Uh, happy to be here. Happy holidays for everybody listening. Look like you're wearing that Vegas A's hat, Brandon. Shout All out right. to the A's. Well, uh, here's your sound by Brandon. Peace and love, King. What's going on? I was wondering if I could shit on your chest. Uh, I'm sorry? Can I shit on your chest? 
Uh, I guess you are one of the members of the Zesty Festy. No, no, no. Uh, you you a Rainbow Ganger, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm 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 gonna ask you to do me a favor. Can you please remove my photo as your Instagram icon? I ask that every single night, bro. I can't. Can you please remove my photo as your Instagram icon, sir? All right, I'll remove it. But you kind of look like um, what's his name? Ben Owens or something. Okay, maybe, sir. And I'm going to pray for your deliverance from the demon of zestiness. All right, because I don't want you to be zesty, brother. We need you out here with our sisters. I'll try and change my ways, brother. Okay, just pray, brother. We're not going to criticize you, but you just need prayer. Call on your ancestors to take away the zesty demon. And before you know it, you'll be back with the Black Queens forever. Trust me. All right. All right, my brother. And don't forget to take All my right, phone. Black power. <laughs> he finishes it off. Black power. Black power. Try to get me a Black Queen like Jada Pinky. <laughs> Why is it like 40% of the videos I see him? He's always in this car. <laughs> and my name is Jared, a.k.a. DJ Art, with two T's for a double O, so that tink tink. The D is silent, so it's just Jart. Can't stand him with these pogs. Ask me why I'm always wearing skinny jeans. Bitch, I'm trying to keep the glizzy tucked. It is Christmas time, y'all. It is the holiday season. And, um... I wanted to know, uh, as uh, well-meaning Gentiles that you all are, uh, what is what is it that you look forward to most this time of the year in the season? But also, what are one of your holiday or Christmas uh, favorites, whether it be a movie or a song? Uh, you know what? So one of my favorite movies is Jingle All the Way with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad, or the classic... <laughs> Forget, I want to give my kid their favorite gift, but it's sold out everywhere. That is one of the movies I watch probably every year around Christmas time. I think it gets me the mood. They don't really get in the Christmas mood like that, though. I feel like um, I do like the Christmas time. It's acceptable to drink before 10 a.m. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Everybody seems to be a little happier <laughs> around the holiday time, even if they pretend more than they normally do. Like I feel like people tend to be. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I like that. Yeah, people are, I think, attempting to be more festive or upbeat in some capacity, which is, I think, a good thing for greater society as a whole or communities. And, and Brandon, though, what, what is some that you look forward to this time of year? Like, I know there's many things that you really enjoy about this time of year. What's, what is something that, you know, you look forward to, you know, good or bad in this uh, holiday season? It's tough, man, because I'm almost 40. So, like, unless my mom sends me a card, like, uh, or my wife gets me something, ain't nobody really thinking about me this, this time of year. Uh, so. Your kids are at the age where you can get a nice piece of artwork from school as a gift. Real, real nice one. It's macaroni, Dad. <laughs> I have not. I've yet to get a macaroni necklace. I look forward to that. You get a macaroni manger, Brandon. Maybe you'll. <laughs> If y'all don't remember Brandon and his uh, knowledge of uh, <laughs> what did you say in that episode? Did we lose the game on that note? Because Brandon, because <laughs> Jared kept giving the other team a bunch of chances. <laughs> Brandon, when the other team was drunk as hell and they gave all the COVID. 
because they all were in the same place. Even though no, that was that was the year before. That was not la- last year. Was I believe? <laughs> oh no, maybe it was that year. That was the same year. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. the year that we went to L.A. for the. Uh... Wait, Brandon, what did you say was in the manger? <laughs> An ark? Dude, all the things I said were wrong. Oh Lord! All right, let's get to this final. See, see how they did. 136 points from Greg. You need 64 points to win. All right, and get the awesome prize we have. Here we go. Brandon, one thing people complain most about uh, during Christmas, you said the music survey says two points. Uh, two. Yeah. Two. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Dude, uh, expensive was the number one answer. And that you was know how, you know how you fix that. You just don't buy nobody shit. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right. Name a Christmas decoration other than the tree. And you said lights. Survey says. 14, 14 inches your way there, Brandon. The number one answer in there was a wreath. Oh, Two and a half inches your way there, Brandon. A wreath. Like, <laughs> number three, name a word that starts with snow. You said Sperb. snowball. He 26 said points. Snowballs in the 26 points. <laughs> oh, I got 26 uh, points out of The number one answer was snowflake. Snowflake. All right, Brandon, you are, wait, wait, you got 22 more points to get over the top. Let's see. Do you, do you need some more time he's for that? not going to make it. Something you find in the stocking. You said cool. Survey says 15. 15 points. Oh, my God. We're literally just internet, so we need seven to win. You need seven to win. Eight, eight name, to win. Name a piece of the nativity scene. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. God. I'm not going to get the card. Y'all start off with 136. The Ark. Number one answer. <laughs> this is terrible. Survey says. Zero, nigga. Oh, man. Can I answer the question? I think he said a sheep. He said Noah and the ark with two of each animals in the manger. Ready? Ready? Biggest manger. He thought it was the ark of the covenant. He thought Indiana Jones was gonna be in there. It's some Nazis. Anyways, all right. Well, AG three. Yeah. What is something that you look forward to this time of year? And what is like one of your favorite movies or songs? Uh, the first thing I look forward to is not watching that shitty ass Christmas movie called Love Actually. <laughs> that's the first thing I look to. That's is that your, that's your form of, uh, of rebelling? <laughs> that movie is just crap, dude. I hate that movie. I never watched the whole you know thing. It, was, it did crazy. have that beautiful wide woman, Karen Knightley, in it. Here's the crazy thing. Okay, don't even get me started on that. They put in Kira Knightley, who was a growing star. They made Wasn't she dating a brother in the movie and then she left him for a white dude or something? She didn't leave him. And that was his best friend. She basically kissed him because she knew he had a crush on her all that. And it's like, hold on, hold on. Yo, yo, you over here dissing your brother who actually, yo, 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 yo now husband, who's a brother, who actually won an Oscar for 12 years of slave, right? <laughs> He had an accent though, didn't he? (laughs) They all, they were all British. Oh, I guess that dude is British. He always, he rarely plays a British dude though. Yeah. Everybody Uh, was British. This is the 43rd ranked holiday movie. Michael Chickwick, Chickwick, Chickwick. 
What's his name? Anyways, um, all right. So, uh, so other than having to watch that terrible, dreadful so-called holiday movie, which has no, it's dry and 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 depressing, middle-aged, depressing vibes to me. What else, Aaron? What else? Uh, you know what? You know what? I do like the Christmas movie, uh, Bad Santa. Now that's a movie I could get behind. It's a trade places. Christmas trade places is a great Christmas movie. You know, a lot of people say Die Hard. I'm not tripping off Die Hard. You know, it's all right. Songs. Songs, I'm going to have to go with Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You. For some reason, I like that song. You you, so, you know, I'll be honest with you, Jerry. I hated all those Motown Christmases. My parents would sit there and watch every single one. Couldn't stand a single one of them. I mean, mm -hmm. I, they were all right at first, but then it just got to the point where it was like, dude, you're just watching The Temptations and The Four Tops age every year. And The Temptations were just losing member after member. They look different every Motown holiday special. And you know it's awesome. My family plays that like during Christmas nonstop. All the Motown Christmas hits—they're all right. I don't hate them. I do like the Mariah Carey "All I Want for Christmas You." I don't know why. I think it's very versatile as a song. So I got a question: When's the last time you listened to a new Christmas song? Yeah, well, did you listen to Leslie Odom Jr.'s Christmas album? That if you need some artist that's like, "Hey man, I ain't had an album in like three years." I need to make a little bit more income, right? So then they'll come out, like all of a sudden you'll get a Nora Jones Christmas or some shit like that, right? Everyone yeah. does a Christmas album if you successful moderately. They're going to do a Christmas album, album eventually. Boys to Men had one, I believe. They were pretty good. Death Row had a Christmas album with Suge Knight. Oh, shit. Dude, look it up. I, I, I actually had it, but I couldn't find it. It was one of those years that I moved out the, you know, you had to move out the dorms and, you, you, and I had finals. And then my roommates moved out, didn't clean up. So it was one of those where I left at least 35% of stuff I owned still in that dorm room when I moved out. <laughs> Jared's searching for it. Here we go. Let's see. Uh, track one, Santa Claus goes straight to the ghetto. That was a great song. I, 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 Santa Claus. I want a super Nintendo. Yeah. I remember that song. It was in there Friday. This was a great song. Okay. Go straight through the ghetto. White Christmas. This is very 90s. 90s R&B, baby. All right, you know, I think I found a new uh, playlist for the Christmas day. We're about to have some Death Row Christmas in the house. Death Row Christmas. I actually had that album with the police. Well, I was just an idiot when it came to spinning in college. I love buying music. <laughs> well, CDs was a thing, man. That was like a, it was a collection. People like you don't see people with the big racks of CD collections anymore. It's just because it's gone the wayside of streaming. But that was the thing. Like that was almost like somebody's VHS or DVD or bookshelf. Yeah, CD rack. So speak of that then, not to go too far off subject with your Christmas because you still ain't answered the question yet, but. Do you think that the next generation, Generation Z, or the one after it, are going to have an affinity for CDs? 
Like, you know how your generation loves records for some stupid ass reason and overpay mm. for them? So would you guys do it for CDs? <laughs> uh, I don't know if they'll do it for CDs. They might. I don't know. Gen Z might yeah, be man. like, oh, man, having the CD is better. You know what I'm saying? I don't have to worry oh. about what, connection issues. Like, if I don't have service, you I ain't got to worry to... about connection issues and the sound quality is better. It's the best sound quality we got. I think they're going to skip over CDs and go straight to their old iPods are going to be the shit. Like, yeah. uh, original mp3 players that that had uh, 16 megabytes of music can't find any of those that were, oh i mean i yeah that was like my first mp3 player that has i think it had 56 gigs or something like that i went home put those very few songs on it worked out for like a week and went back and traded it in for the one that had 128 yeah then, yeah then after like two weeks i traded that in for the 256 and yeah. then luckily I got an iPod after that. <laughs> there was there was definitely my my buddy had one that I think he had like about like 36 songs on. He's like, man, I was able to get this many songs on it, man. It was, I got a, I was like, man, that's cool. Was I was taking songs though. off and putting them on daily just to change it up. It's like making mix CDs every day. Like. It was, it was <laughs> yeah. megabytes. I blew it. It wasn't 56, it was it was it was 128 megabytes. I traded in for the 512. They didn't even go up to a gig yet. It was 500, 512 megabytes. That's why I only had like 30 songs on it. The iPad, Steve Jobs was a genius because he stood in front of everybody and said, this device holds 10,000 songs. And that's what made everybody want it. Because everybody was using these, iP these, these MP3 players. I was in the gym with, with, like you said, 25 songs, man. Dude, that was horrible. So that's the same thing over and over again. Yeah, hopefully they go back to CDs. Because I don't think Gen Z or the one after it's going to be can deal with a case CD cases. Like mm. I don't think they're going to be <laughs> the people who like have a bunch of CD cases in their car or in their backpack, just <laughs> a bunch of CDs <laughs> from everywhere. No, yeah, I think I think CDs will make a little. They'll make a resurgence. DVDs will make a resurgence just because people are going to get. There's going to be that counterculture. People are like, I'm tired of all this shit not being available. Target always still has his racks of DVDs near the front. My favorite holiday movie um, probably is, uh, you know, I'm hoping that one of these new ones coming out this year will be one that I could, you know, kind of latch on to. But uh, one that came out last year that I might watch again that I actually really liked was... Um, Jingle Jangle? Jingle Jangle was all right. <laughs> it was a little bit... It could have been better. Jingle Jangle could have been better. But it was a lot of people of color prancing around in tights, dressed like they were living in, you know, saying the Swiss Alps and shit. And uh, that just was, it was a bit odd. Well, I'm not black. <laughs> I'm OJ. It was like, man, they was giving off some pseudo Hamilton vibes. I was like, oh, <laughs> Lord help us. So what did I miss? What did I miss? <laughs> I don't think I've seen that one, though. Tell me this. Can a movie like Bad Santa come out nowadays, or is it just too vulgar? No, it could come out these days. Slumberland came out last year around that time. And it was like a visually stunning movie and, you know, kind of a heartfelt, like, um, like you know, family dynamic coming together movie. So I thought it was pretty dope. And visuals and, like, the ideas, dream worlds, you know. But, uh, you know, I, th I thought that was good. Another one that that uh, I you know equate to holiday time is um, bright. Um, 
that came out right around Christmas. That was not a holiday movie, man. Um, now nah, you just want to call that in there, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at all these lists of movies. We're broken people now. No, you could have said. No, nah, but Home Alone. Home Alone is probably the one that, you know, I always uh, can I'm watch. So happy I was old enough to not like that. Come on. But if we're talking about movies released on the holidays, let's look at that list right there. <laughs> I think it has to have like the holiday in it, right? A holiday in it somehow. Christmas has to be. There was bright. a tree in bright. That was very bright, like a Christmas tree. <laughs> well, it's not a Christmas tree. That movie, man, Jay, you just always trying to bring it back to bright. It's the first $100 million movie by Netflix. And they learned a lot. <laughs> they, they did. They did. They've come out with some better movies. They have made some better movies, but there's a couple in there that are also still kind of old guard. Could have been really tight. Well, Jared, what was your all-time um, holiday song? My all-time holiday song is still, it's either something really slow and dry by like Bing Crosby or uh, or Matt like... Matt King Cole, White Christmas is good. I do like Matt that. Matt King Cole is good, but like a, a Dean Martin maybe, a beautiful white man just crooning over some uh, some moody-ass like chestnuts roasting on a open fire, you know, type vibe, you know, you know sweater weather, sipping on a nice warm beverage. Some beautiful wide people Christmas. I love those songs. But if I'm being honest, my favorite one probably Mariah's up there. But this one always gets me hyped. Whenever this one comes on, it puts me like in a positive mood, and I'm just like, it's Christmas, man. And I, you know, like this one, this one bangs. It's uh, Darlene loves Christmas, baby. Please come home. Get it, girl. jam right there that's my jam bro that's my jam christmas by darlene love that one yeah. so that one Jerry, a question is the green book a christmas movie green book <laughs> is a christmas movie it was about beautiful white and black men coming together well because no, the movie he invites him over for dinner it's about christmas time oh then that's so the case I... lethal weapon lethal weapon <laughs> one one of my favorite christmas movies Oh yeah, that is also a Christmas movie. Lethal Weapon One was during Christmas time. Everybody you just can't tell because they're in LA and it's always uh, it's always oh, uh, spring hot. weather. <laughs> it's like they get, why they got ornaments up in the middle of summer. <laughs> and then and then there's the the Alvin and the Chipmunks. I got that a vinyl from uh, when I was a kid, and uh, oh, Alvin and Chipmunks you Christmas price on that. You need to be slapped. Come on, I still got the the original one we me and my brother had when we were uh, when we were kids. So other than that, I always look forward to the uh, rushed uh, kind of impulse buy style of holiday shopping that I get to engage in. 
Um, I get to go to a store and just start looking around kind of indiscriminately with the intent of buying something. <laughs> I hate just buying people my family gifts sometimes. I mm -hmm. still love it. I don't know if I got an odor and kumunjani, but I think it's just shit. Like you talking about like kumunjanous crabs? I don't think that's the reason that I'm, I don't Dungeons like it. I think it's the thing I said, trying to say curmudgeon. No, I said is the word. Both y'all have He said cumunginous. No, no, I was turning a word to a verb. I got a cumunginous king crab. No, I was turning a word to a verb, and I just put I-E at the end of it to turn into a verb. Okay, no, I get you, I get you. It, it was almost, it was, it was a good attempt, kind of like Zion's. Uh, no, 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 that's not even the same. <laughs> so no, don't put me in there. Like a Zagazool. I know how to say the word kumunjan, and I used it right. <laughs> and I know how to say it. I put an IE on the end of it to try to make it into a verb. Instead of it being a noun, it's a Wait, noun. what word were you trying to say, though? No, but what word were you Zion trying to say? Zion don't know the difference between nouns and verbs. <laughs> what, what were you trying to say here? I was saying, look, maybe it's because I got an odor and be become more of a kumunjan. Maybe just, maybe I should just say that. Because obviously, if I try to make a word into a verb. You know, I think we kind of went into the game, too. Like a Zagazool. This magic moment. I try to make a word into a verb. Like, you know how people used to say Denzelin? You probably be like, oh, you already said that word wrong, man. I, when I say, man, I came in, I was dressed fly. I was over there Denzelin. You probably go, oh, Aaron, what the hell? Let me play Magic Moment. Let me play a Zion moment. Lower than the Magic Moment, a Zion moment. Uh, <laughs> all right. Magic been fired all right, off all this year. He can't Aaron, fight off Mariah Mill. I'm, I'm typing the word <laughs> into the chat right now. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I said curmudgeon. <laughs> now, now, part of me gets away with it because he has an LA accent. <laughs> Certain words you can't say. <laughs> but I said curmudgeon. <laughs> said it about eighteen different ways. <laughs> oh Lord, help me, please! I think you were looking for the word curmudgeon. Curmudgeon. That's what I said, man. Curmudgeon. <laughs> I just didn't. I said it just like I, I'm hearing it as you saying it. I'm saying it how I say it. To like a Zagazool. <laughs> Draymond Green. <laughs> we touched on him last week about the choke. <laughs> First of all, I'd like to tell you I want to see the start. We recorded this. We recorded Let's last week's episode right before this all went down. But Draymond Green has been suspended indefinitely by the NBA. Is it too harsh or not enough or too little too late? Is on how many games he missed before I say anything. Oh, by the way, he was suspended after striking uh, Yusuf Nurkic in the face uh, in a flailing display that only is more reminiscent of a mosh pit movement and uh, promptly got Draymond ejected. Anyways, too much, not enough, or too little, too late? I think it's just right. If they could just keep him away for as long as possible. The weird thing is that he can still practice with the team. It's not like real, like a suspension from the league. It's like a suspension from hanging around other teams. Right, he can still which, practice with the team? 
Yeah. It's a suspension for playing games. Yeah, I don't know why they're doing that. That's kind of odd. But I feel like that. But I feel like that's if he's not getting paid and he still can practice, it's his choice if he shows up. That's real punishment. To like, hey man, I still got to show up to work every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not like a break. I get to work on stuff. Like, now I still got to show up. Hey Draymond, they, they clear you yet? Nah, man, I'm still, still waiting. It's different from football. I think they 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 have a little bit more caveats and what the what the suspension can mean versus the NFL. It typically that just means you away from the team. Like yeah. suspension, you can't be around the team at all. Well, John Morant suspended. He ain't around the team. Yeah, but he has guns. He Anyways, has videos. Um, I think it is too little, too late. Too little, oh, too late. I'm shocked to hear you for, say for, this, for, Gary. Wait, for who? No, I actually, actually, um, I think the NBA probably should have been, you know, maybe a little st- a stiffer on him. But at the same time, like s- some of this, st- like some of this stuff that he is doing is yes, becoming more problematic because now that's the story that's following you more so. But um, you know, as, as it goes, like. I still, and I got an argument with some friends, uh, you know, talking about he needs a, he, he got some self, uh, self-control issues and he's a detriment to the team. I'm like, he is becoming detrimental to the team with him not being able to play because of suspensions or if he is like ruining the locker room in some, some sort. But like, he's been basically the dude who has been the, the heartbeat in the, in the, in, in the voice of that team and the, and you know, I think there's been a change in kind of the attitude of the team. You got young players who don't know how to establish and show themselves, give a strong voice with strong play and, you know, presence, which is somewhat earned by playing more. But, but, uh, um, he punched the other dude that, that had a strong presence and a strong, he had a strong presence, I, but he was a clown presence. It's like you got a mime in the corner, Steph doing mime work because he's selling his soul for Bitcoin and shit like that or whatever. FTS, that, that motherfucker, that's what you mean. White face, using white face. Um, and then, and then you got Jordan Poole, who over there, you know, what I'm saying with oversized shoes on, he he dribbled the ball off his goddamn feet and and lose and fall all over the place like he got some clown shoes on, acting a goddamn fool. I I don't think Draymond should have should have needed to punch him. Do I think he him getting physical with him was over the line um, in that situation? I I wasn't there and I don't know their dynamic, but I can see it's kind of like Chris Rock said. It's like I'm not saying he should have done it. You better recognize. But if I saw somebody driving my pinto, that shit would blow up like the Godfather. And I'm not saying he should have killed her. But, but I, I understand. understand, right? It's one of those Are you things about where Jordan Poole? Yeah, Jordan Poole. Like when he punched Jordan Poole, like Jordan Poole probably said some shit where he's like, Man, as a man, you either gonna Oh, we you know, know what he said now, Jared. We already know what he said. Ain't no he called problem. him a he called him a backpack or what he called him. An expensive backpack for 30. Sometimes you might have to, you might have to, you know, check a dude on your team. And that happens. Teammates have fought in the past. Like, that's one of those things where now, like, whoever released, somebody released the video. So that's, that's an issue within the Warriors organization, whether they did it or a staffer or somebody leaked it. Right? That, 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 that is, but that, but that's, that's irrelevant to him punch somebody at work. But no, no, but no, this is a team sport. Like, no, no, right. can't catch so, your old tape stealing boxes if you ain't stealing boxes. Yeah, no, but 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 in people the, were fired it, for doing a lot less in, here at work. No, no, but this is not this is not a normal working situation. They're not being paid normal wages, and the way things are collectively bargained is not a normal. This is not normal. So like, I mean, we can try me, and compare. Feel, we can me, compare it to much, to, to our behavior. No, no, you can compare it to our our jobs, but like also he's a very specific, very specialized labor force too. So he has power within that. But 
Teammates have fought. He a man. That's what, my point is teammates have gotten into altercations with that each other. That wasn't a fight. That was a guy sucking a bunch of. Well, if, if Jordan Pool Jordan Pool was as, was as big as his mouth was, then maybe he would have been able to stand up, take that shot, and so, fight back. Jerry, I don't think you're the right person reporting on this because you're defending Draymond Green. No, no, I'm not. Say, I, I, no, I, here's what I'm saying. I did not say Draymond Green should have punched him, but I understand. Nobody punking nobody here. In the context of these these dudes are. Like we got to realize sports. A lot of these guys are playing is physically demanding and it's highly ultra competitive. You are a outcomes based thing and you are in the top tier. You are in the, 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 the alpha league of it all. Right. And a lot of these dudes are, are alphas. Now, Draymond Green, to his credit, has played his type of basketball his whole career that has been complimentary and has allowed him to be the best player he can be for the team and has allowed the players that he plays with to be the best versions of themselves through their prime. They are not in their prime anymore. So the returns are lessening, but that doesn't take away from what he is and has meant to the team in the way he plays, the way he leads, the way he works, the way he shows his own forms of sacrifice and taking less money. He still got paid good money, but taking less money than what his market value was to bring in a KD. You know what I'm saying? Like that kind of stuff, like that's a tangible thing he did is that he took a pay cut he took a pay cut so they could better out. You, you be, be a So, Jared, you no, 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 talk about all this stuff. No, no, but, but there's the so many players since, since who Jordan won't do that. He's jumped on somebody, and he's just everybody is. Which, no, 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 no I do agree. Everybody is taking twelve See, million instead of thirteen, Jared. Here's the issue. Here's the issue: is that now y'all are taking what I'm saying and like throwing it all the way to the other end of the spectrum. I'm not completely radical about Draymond and his behavior. So, but I am I'm going to keep in you're, in, you're in the, I will you're keep Tucker Carlson uh, <laughs> I will keep in Draymond relative, Green supporters right no, now. part of my relative perspective on it is what Draymond represents and what he brings to the table. Now him not being able to play maybe it's a strike of genius on his end he's like man you know what i'm gonna do i need to get suspended right now so these young guys will get more chances to play and they're gonna have to figure it oh, out right now and then when i come oh, back <laughs> all right revolution now that is some maybe skip maybe Bayless this is like this is him right this is him on some this is Khan. he's on some watcher type shit right now he's doing some some he real shit so much crazy shit i need you to find shaka khan ask her to get in contact with rufus for me so i can hear him slapping that guitar womp 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 the beginning of tell me something good because i know that has to be coming next so you have to tell me something good because everything you're saying now is crazy the other thing i was to say is that draymond does need to be in better control of his actions. I think he of, is in control. I think he wanted to do everything he's done. So you're saying that he was trying to get suspended so that these young players could then have to take I, more I, ownership I, of this Jared, I'm rather the excuse that he hates European players. Because in the last month, <laughs> he has choked Rudy Gobert, Frenchman. He stepped stomped. on, stepped on Sabonis, Sabonis. Punched Nurkic. And hit Steven Adams. Oh, Steven Adams ain't European. Foreign players did. And I'm should have killed him, but I understand. Where's Jordan Poole from? <laughs> what, what about the uh, the Jordan Poole is from uh, I don't think he's Canadian. <laughs> I don't think he's Canadian here. If he had punched Andrew Wiggins, that's another that's another story. Here's the according to uh, NBA stats 21.8% of the league is uh, non American born. 
So it's growing. He has put a pretty large percentage of <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's it's fair. It's a fair. I'm not saying that you guys are wrong for your critique of of Draymond. And I think anything is fair. Like at this point, I'm not defending. If you feel a certain way about Draymond, you can speak it. But I'm also going to be a realist about what. You're what, really what, by defending his ass. I'm not defending him. No, no, I defended the Jordan Poole thing. We see what Jordan Poole was. We see what Jordan Poole is. Jordan Poole was a player that, that who. Player. That don't, that don't mean, hey, hey, I seen Smush Parker and Kobe didn't punch Smush Parker. Yes, nigga, he punched Smush Parker. <laughs> oh, he did? Smush <laughs> Parker got a fight, nigga. That's a fight, though. They fought each other. Yeah. Yeah, it was he, a sucker punch. But that's I, Jordan Poole didn't have no fight in him. He said no. Oh, he, Green. Nobody has. He was on the ground by the time the he knew the fight started, man. Jordan Poole should say some. If Jordan Gary, Poole say something ready to. Everybody Jordan. talks shit in playing sports. Nobody has fought Draymond Green, but he keeps hitting people. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just talking about Jordan Poole. Y'all keep bringing up everything else. I'm not talking about. We're talking about what happened this week. This Jordan Poole story. <laughs> No, but no, the Jordan Poole story, I understand. Now, this other stuff is getting out of hand, Draymond. We need to do something, Draymond. Draymond, uh, my, my brother. There's no understanding the Jordan Poole part, Jared. No, the Jordan Poole part, I totally understand. It tells me you can't come into this unbiased if you understand the Jordan Poole part. The Jordan Poole, I understand. I totally understand. I don't understand why y'all can't understand Jordan Poole, that issue. What because happened there? I will have a problem with the co-worker punching me even if I say something crazy. I would too if I was Jordan Poole. I'm not saying Jordan Poole don't got a right to have a gripe. <laughs> you talk, wait, Jordan Poole's the one with the problem. Nobody else can have a problem but Jordan Poole because he's no, no, Jordan Poole, no. dude. When when Jordan punched Steve Kerr in the face, okay, that happened. Steve Kerr didn't fight back. He got punched in the face, but he tried to fight back and they break him up. Right? J Steve Kerr showed I'm not gonna back down from you, motherfucker. And I'm like, as a player, as especially challenging one of the leaders, or in this case. Everyone's like Steph's the leader. Yes, Steph is the leader by 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 a big part in how he just is a generational sell out ass leader, Jared. A generational white face, Jigaboo, nigga Coonan, uh, bunny hop. Pretty 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 soft leader at this point, Jared. But everyone knows Draymond is the leader in the heartbeat of that team. He has been since he got. No, that's there. what no, that's what people so, say. It's no, not that, true no, anymore. That is what. He, as players age out and these new recruits come in, if Dr they can't match up or Draymond can't match up with them to get the best out of them, yes, does that mean that his leadership skills as a leader of the team is eroding or is not updating the way it needs to? Yes, I totally get that. And that's where it's a problem, is that is if Draymond is so caught up in his own ways to where he's losing sight of what made him a great player. What made him a great player was that he his IQ of the game, his ability to adapt and play complementary basketball and take big shots when you need to take big shots, but work through the game flow, play the gritty parts of the team game that they needed him to. He was their P.J. Tucker, okay? And P.J. Tucker been in the league getting paid more money than he should just so he could buy shoes and and, and, and basically score zero points in 28 minutes with th two shots maybe. You know what I'm saying? Like, like he was their 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 PJ Tucker. He was their facilitator. He sure, was their leading sure, rebounder. Sure. He was That's their defensive awesome, coordinator. And right? I wish that so, the Warriors get you to do this Hall of Fame speech. No, no, well, what no, I'm no. saying. Is... No, no, no. But what I'm saying is truth. Okay. Now, Draymond. What made him great was that his ability to understand what he needed to do to make the players around him peek at the, what they could do while still being an impactful player. He did that masterfully for six, seven, eight years of his career. His He's getting older. His play is declining. Okay. He's not the same player. And he's not having the self-awareness, which he showed his ability on the court to help 
you know, create this Warriors dynasty, if you want to call it a dynasty, right? But he's not doing it in his leadership right now. Part of what he was doing was his leadership. But right now, there's another facet that at this stage in your career, he has to recognize and be like, I need to be a leader in a different dynamic. I still need to be that person on the court and, and all this and that. But something in the my, my as I age as a man, as I age as an NBA player, those are two relative things. And he needs to be able to understand what he can do to make this team the best team it, it can be. And if he still is a leader, which he still is a leader of that team, he needs to recognize that and make some wholesale or no, I won't say wholesale. He needs to make some distinctive changes in what he's doing and his behavior, obviously. Dude, I forgot how big you could drink my green fan you were. Dude, dude it's ridiculous just listening to you. Right? <laughs> I what are y'all talking about? No, 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 no. I just broke it down. Hey, you were sick. Last week, Aaron called me a John Gruden fan just because I was like, maybe he's not a terrible coach. Like, I was like, maybe he's not a terrible coach. It's like, but Aaron, gave, much you, of a John Aaron fan. gave you plenty of po- counterpoints to tear down you thinking that he was maybe a better coach than he was. And it showed whole Gruden's greatest job was turning Rich Gannon with that loaded offense into a MVP candidate quarterback, which he, he was a MVP. Rich Gannon won. Hey, it's so an MVP the, the, quarterback and playing at a really high level. But he so showed my success for this is Chip, Chip Kelly because you can have really good players, you just decide to cut. Like, he didn't do that. He gets credit. <laughs> One thing that, that hurt Gruden. Gruden, when he started with the Raiders, he had a certain way of doing things, and it worked with that team because he had some veteran leaders that were like, you had Jerry Rice and Tim Brown on that team, right? You had those guys on those teams. So you knew what, like, Jerry Rice don't play. So he didn't have to be anything other than, like, this is the way we're going to do things. I'm going to hold people accountable. I'll cut motherfuckers if I need to cut motherfuckers. And he cut motherfuckers for fucking up big time. He was on that Parcells type shit, right? Certain players, not every player. It worked with that team. It worked with that era of players. As those players aged out and he changed to a new team, he had different players. Some of them were still veteran, but there was a different set of veterans, and it was players on the other side of the ball than what he had when he was with the Raiders. He didn't adapt how he led that team, and it fell apart quickly. He got a ready-made Super Bowl team, won, and then was done, right? And then he came with the Raiders, and it's a whole decade later or 15 Four years later. After winning that Super Bowl. Four losing season. Yeah. 15 years later, he's back with the Raiders and he's got a whole new generation of players and types of mentalities. And it was struggling. He was struggling with it, you know? So I'm saying for Draymond, if he wants to extend his career and his value to the team and what he can, and like, actually, if the Warriors want to try and see if they can make a run at a title in the next two years, like this year and next year, that's like basically it. And then it's like done. It depends how long they can get Clay signed if they decide to sign. But like, it's, it's, this is the end guys. I'm not I'm not looking at it from oh man Draymond crazy for doing that right now and no I'm looking at it from the, the like the process of what the Warriors are this run with this core and this team where they are at and that's how I'm looking at it. So for me with Draymond I'm like what what does Draymond need to do to fix his shit and make him you know what I'm saying the player that has helped them be a contender over this last 10 years. All right? What he's doing right now is not helping that. It's counterproductive. And there's been issues already where he wasn't connected with Kuminga, or there's issues where, like, you know, some of these younger guys aren't Dude, Jordan Poole. Draymond's like 34, Kuminga's like 19. Like, how? What are they supposed to connect about? Well, it's not about connect, but 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 that that's that's where the professionality, that's where the leadership style that, that you have to engage in. You have to engage. Have I to don't engage. know, but you don't see me playing the video over and over again. I'm just saying, y'all. So uh, shout out to Draymond Green's sponsorship. Come on our show. We'd love to talk to you about. Yeah, man. Well, yeah, hopefully he comes on the show if you defended him for the last ten minutes. 
I don't think I was defending them. I think I was breaking down what needs to happen for the Warriors to like have a chance. Because if you guys don't know, the Warriors are playing like dog shit. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I really think it's really more of a, a Steph Curry lack of leadership thing because like he should be the one yeah. to come mm-hmm. in and come and say something. He's the best player. He's mm-hmm. the highest paid player. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, Steve Kerr talking Draymond, Bob Myers leaving. You know, Mike Mike Dunleavy's not going to say nothing to him. Mm-hmm. So like, at some point, like the, at some point, the Steph, Curry, Steph Curry only shows leadership when he's trying to keep homeless people out of his neighborhood <laughs> or poor people out of his neighborhood. I am going to write a poor letter. People. I don't Trying to keep those. poor people out of his neighborhood. Yeah, don't. don't no affordable housing built in my neighborhood. I am a. I am famous, and people will stalk me. Poor people, in particular. <laughs> and they were not trying to build low income. They weren't going to be like, "Hey, let's do build a whole bunch of apartments for." Oh, yeah, it was just like yeah. condos or something. They were building high. It was still going to be people who had to have like, but like this. If you couldn't afford San Francisco, you wasn't going to be able to afford that city. Not even close. He didn't want people making a hundred thousand a year to be living there. That was yeah. that's what it, it was gonna be for people still probably making 150 to 200,000 a year income living in those places. He didn't want that. They don't want no broke motherfuckers. That's they don't want no scrubs in the well, I, But then also, I mean, but also, I mean, play devil's advocate since we since we like defend the evil people over here. <laughs> uh, we love to defend the Brandon. I mean, when you choose the suburbs, like you choosing to live like in a single family house around other single family houses. Mm-hmm. Now, Atherton or wherever he lives at, like the Bay Area is starting is expanding. <laughs> There's more people moving further, further out. So, like, it's going to be more urban than they may be the people who originally bought there intended it for it to be. Mm-hmm. And that's why they are like, pushing back. Yeah, man. And, and they and they actually go vote. So, I mean, they're going to win. Yeah, they know. vote and they have money to uh, make sure that their story is told more readily in the narratives that their elected officials are speaking to or paying attention to. So well, it is what it is. Yeah. But, but but here's the thing. I'm gonna tell you this. Stephen Curry. Steph Curry, great player. Um, but he's not been a vocal leader. He's not been that type of player where he's demonstrative or anything. And 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 part of why Draymond has been a leader and valuable to this team is because he's the personality. He's the guy they go to to talk about shit. He's the one who'll say bold stuff. But it's not putting the pressure. Steph doesn't have to go out there and answer all the same kind of questions. Or he can be that, like, Aaron, what'd you say about Steph Curry's documentary? What was it? What did you what'd you love most about the documentary? How about that he did it himself and it was just fluff. It was a commercial for himself. Was it entertaining or was it boring as fuck? It was boring as hell. You're not entertained. Steph Curry got to be boring because of Draymond Green. Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Well, Clay, <laughs> Clay's on yeah, a different. <laughs> Clay's a little, Clay a little different. Let they just take Clay a little, Clay a little special. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Clay, Clay is like you don't. Yeah, as Clay. we say, as the, as as all the older people used to say, Clay's lip might be a little touch. <laughs> he might be just a little touch. <laughs> And so like I love no, I love them, baby. <laughs> you got you got Clay and Steph. They're both not like they're not big personalities. They don't they're they're not due to like, you know, one I mean, like they don't have, they, I mean, they don't have to be. They don't, they don't have, have to, be. to be, but but Draymond has allowed them to be. They're they were the best team in basketball yeah, for about though. five, six years there. And a big part of that, like even Kevin Durant came there. Kevin Durant doesn't like doing a lot of media stuff. Draymond got to be the dude, and Draymond was the dude who can- was 
the, the, the presence on the court, but also in the media. Took all a lot of those answers, was entertaining. You know, maybe that's maybe that's just because he also likes the limelight. And maybe that's something that's, you know, he likes that 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 attention. And he's now he's getting the, the wrong attention. But the thing is, is like he was the dude that also protected Stephen Clay to not have to be those guys in the media saying uh, this, that, and the other, or being yeah. asked all those questions and grilled See, in the same way they would grill you, other stars. I'm gonna break down your whole argument right now because I saw Kawhi Leonard win two championships and not say a fucking word. And he had the team <laughs> to check. He taught he he was the leader on the team. He he answered the question. You can't even tell me what, wait, what wait, Kawhi is voice. T- what, what team are you talking about? <laughs> oh, I'm talking about the Spurs. That's all about Toronto. And the only okay, and the only two, and, and, hold on. and he's on the holes in my He is on the podium every night after a win. <laughs> let, let and me, you don't know his voice that loud besides besides three clips. Can I like can he I, doesn't say anything? And can I counter <laughs> can I counter punch a hole in your shit? Number one, the Spurs was a residual dynasty. That's what it's called, Aaron. That's what I'm calling it now. A residual dynasty. Come on, it's man. man. That, so you're the like, same person that probably think Biden's a dynasty. <laughs> hey man, you probably think Larry Bird doesn't jump out there for For the people that consider the Spurs run with the Duncan era a dynasty. I will say that the type of dynasty they were was a residual dynasty. It was like one of those things that just hit every few years. Like, man, I got man, my I check from that. I got my check. Dynasty, got, man, won three residual, titles A residual dynasty. Years. Well, that's a little long. That's a little long. But that's the same amount of time. Look at it. It's like 20 years <laughs> to get by. <laughs> the residual dynasty of the Spurs. He was a part of that, and they still had the leadership. It was Tim Duncan, and that was a bland-ass team in the first place. Greg Popovich would say anything and speak his mind. He was the one who took that away from the players. He didn't allow the players to be under the microscope the same way because he was going to say whatever needed to be said. And they could just be like, you know, we're just going to do what we got to do. And they all fell in line. Right. And Tim Duncan, Tim Duncan, that, though, Jared? Tim Duncan, well, it's also part of the identity of the team. It's like, how do you run your organization? How is your team? Like, there's different organizations that do things differently. There's some players all over the place doing goofy shit, and there's some organizations where it's just, it's their way and if you don't fit that mold you get cut and they just they'll move on right so with, with that counterpunch you had greg popovich and he was playing under still old but all these dudes that were the 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 guys on that team he was he was the, he came out as the guy on the court that year but he was not the guy in, in the perceived locker room or in the media now what did he do after that when he became the guy guy, he sat out a whole season. I, I give him, I give him, I, I'm totally understand Dude, he why was he, hurt. he was hurt and he didn't want to get rushed back. And then he lost trust with the Spurs and he just basically abstained from playing. That was like until two they, years until they years. traded him. Until they traded him. Exactly. So I'm saying, what did he do after like this? Like that's what he did in with the Spurs after that, right? If you're saying he's the guy, like was he really being a leader on that team? That team fell apart. Now the second thing I'll say because he wasn't playing, man. That's what. That's what yeah, because he wasn't playing. But also, do no, no. But but it was part of it was he was hurt, and the part of it was fuck this team. I'm out. The other part is Toronto. Toronto is in Canada. What are you What are you talking about, bro? <laughs> You could be you could be Drake and be considered, you know what I'm saying, basically the Drake. alpha of all alphas. The place that has Drake as the alpha of all alphas. Drake. You tell Aaron. Now I know you're gonna agree with me on this one, Aaron. Canada, nigga. How are you gonna be over here and be like, man, you look what he did in Canada? Nah, nigga. Nah. You can be Drake and be the Put alpha like of this. all alphas. In Canada, Will Smith could be an alpha. 
shit. I'll just say this. He had Drake on the sideline every goddamn game. So anytime there was an issue with the way the team was playing, they'd be like, well, what did Drake think? Well, he's sitting on the side, standing up like he's a coach on the sideline with his little uh, 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 misfitting goddamn jersey on, jock riding all these goddamn people, being a goddamn fanboy. Oh, man, 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 man we didn't deal with Drake. Oh, shoot. Drake was not happy tonight. Like, Drake was juice. He was clapping on that sideline. That's, that's, that, that was the real leader of that team. Yeah. Drake. Yeah. So, so I think I just won that whole no. situation. <laughs> I win. Won that situation. You just proving how much you in love with Draymond Green. Yeah, man. The title of this episode <laughs> is a love letter to Draymond. If he asks you to. They can make you slap somebody. Dr. Umar Johnson. Uh... Has another service other than his children's book coming out, offering his accredited services as a therapist. Here's the service he is providing. Somebody needs to check on his licensure. I was just <laughs> about to say, man, I need some credentials. I need to see something. <laughs> there you go. If you suffer from the snow bunny crisis and you need snow bunny therapy, $75 an hour on the telephone, $100 on the video. Black men suffer from the snow bunny crisis. I do give out snow bunny rehab life coaching sessions. Snow bunny rehab life coaching sessions. Snow bunny rehab life coaching yeah. sessions. Text me 215-989-9858. 215-9. Black I'm, women, I'm if you happy. suffer from snow puppy addiction, Lapita, Lapita and that other sister who both dating that white male, What's his name? What's the what's the what's the other sister with Lapita that's dating the white man? She divorcing the white man. Lapita dating the white man. She divorcing the same white man. Lapita dating Lapita. You need some Wakanda snow puppy therapy. Lapita, please reach out to Doctor Umar for some Wakanda forever snow puppy therapy. You said you need some yellow bunny therapy, some brown bunny therapy, some red bunny therapy, some white bunny therapy. I'm the man you need right here. All the credentials, all the degrees. I'm the man you need. <laughs> I don't know why you follow him. I see why you follow him, and I don't know why you follow him. But I see why. Good for content. Yeah, man. Is, <laughs> I, I'm at a loss here. <laughs> Because I'm well, number one, I'm happy he cleaned it up because when he said snowbody therapy, that sounded like a whole different thing. Well, <laughs> <laughs> said snowbody's to your house. <laughs> you need help <laughs> with your addiction to beautiful white snow bunnies. And they will do. Call 215998. <laughs> you do it $75 on the phone, $100. For uh, FaceTime, you know, so you can really know what's there. Uh, dude, man. <laughs> well, I mean, for, for him to be as a renowned therapist as he is, right? Uh, he, calls life coaching. Call, he calls it life coaching because he can't say I'm a therapist in all states because he's probably not licensed outside of D.C. or something like that. <laughs> of all the people you can get, why would you talk to Dr. Umar about it? And then if you if you are into, into the snow buddies, like, why would you talk to him? Like, why? Exactly. What was his price again, Jerry? What was the price again, Jerry? Uh, $75 for phone and $100 for uh, FaceTime. But can I pay $125 just to have him at least sit at a desk and not do all his videos from a fucking car? <laughs> like, exactly. what kind of doctor is he? Man, I ain't got no office. I just work from a car. <laughs> I'm, I'm mobile. Around. I'm always mobile. I got a mobile office. <laughs> 
You seen that movie Lincoln Lawyer? He got I didn't all... see it because white people in it. Because I'm Dr. Umar Johnson. <laughs> this is the same. This man, yeah, man. <laughs> this man with all the way. The, the way I protect you against HIPAA, HIPAA disclosures is that I got I get one table at Starbucks and put my backpack on the on two seats up. <laughs> he decided this. <laughs> Come on, this man. This is the man with all the credentials, all the degrees, but in all the uh, all the techniques, he he is also the man who said this. Well, some of us love our children, but some of our children are so far gone that we're gonna have to put some of them to sleep in order to take back the neighborhood. Some of y'all don't want to hear that because you don't live in reality. But I'm telling you as a psychologist, I'm not going to be able to psychologize all of them on the corner. Some of them going to sleep for God! <laughs> Man. He gonna put. He is like, ah, Doctor Umar. I don't think I can get over my snow bunny addiction. Doctor Umar, I got a I technique for that. We put you to sleep, nigga. <laughs> exactly, dude. Uh, do any of y'all need? Do any of y'all know what a baby said? Do any of y'all need snow bunny conversion therapy? <laughs> hey man, if anybody's willing to talk to Doctor Umar, record the conversation. <laughs> I have twenty dollars to release your first session. <laughs> we will pay so for the first. To record it so we can play. Back. Yeah, you promised that we signed that we signed. It doesn't even have to be true. We will provide you with a white woman to take a picture with <laughs> and email it to <laughs> set up your backstory for you. Dr. Umas Johnson. Damn, I can't believe we talked that long about Draymond Green. I can't believe we talked this long about Umar Johnson and Draymond. In MMA news, Colby Covington. Had some harsh words for LeBron James this week ahead of his UFC 296 championship bout against Leon Edwards. Uh, here's what he had to say. If you hate America so much and, and you don't like this country that gave you a billion dollars, leave it or come deal with me. You go to China, go to, go to these sweatshops that you employ all these laborers and use these women and pay them pennies on the dollar to make your millions. Fuck you, LeDrom James. You're a coward. You're a spineless coward. And you're a bitch. Can you say his name again, Kobe? You're a coward. You're a spineless. Fuck you, LeDrom James. You're a coward. Fuck you, LeDrom James. You're a coward. Fuck you, LeDrom James. You're a LeDrom James. You're a coward. Fuck you, LeDrom James. Was you trying to say LeJohn or LeDrone James? <laughs> LeBron James. Yeah, that's what he was trying to say, but what did he end up saying? I think he was trying to say Dungeonist King Crab, Aaron. <laughs> Shout out to Cody Covington, man. I'm surprised he didn't start talking shit about him, okay? Like, he's just trying to figure out like what black person can I talk about right now because Leon Edwards has not said anything this whole. Yeah. <laughs> well, later, later in the week, he uh, he also showed up to a press conference Wearing um, something straight out of, uh, uh, well, he he gets nominated as Coon of the Week, but he dressed up in some old blue coat, uh, fake white hair ass, fake uh, revolutionary gear, yeah, and uh, had this to say: Is it Fuck yes you, Colby. I'm the main event, dog. I'm more American than you, homie. Sit back. Wow, this Benedict Arnold motherfucker. Damn, Tony, I was rooting for you. Uh, you know, I like America. You know, I'm still going to root for you, even if you're an American douchebag. But yeah, Tony just Ferguson don't go out there and lose there. seven fights in a row, bro. Oh. What did you say? Uh, Tony Ferguson was there, and he lost. <laughs> Again. Yeah. Well, because I see him because he was training with uh, David Goggins for this fight, man. Yeah, like, oh, Tony Ferguson. What is he doing Tony training with a guy my age? 
Uh, he's all into crazy workouts. He's always that's why he always usually got hurt because he's doing crazy like tire workouts where he's like rolling over big ass tires or he's standing on a big ass tire while s- swinging sledgehammers at other tires. <laughs> he tears his ACL every two, three years uh, coming up. Anyways, um, Colby Covington was defeated by Leon Edwards. Um, he also brought up Leon Edwards' father, his late father who had uh, been murdered some years ago um, and said, I'm going to take you to the seventh layer of hell, bro. And well, down there, we could say hi to your pops or some shit like that. And uh, Leon Edwards did not take too kindly to that and uh, threw a water ball at him and then promptly whooped his ass for five rounds. (laughs) Hey, man, all fair in love and selling these pay-per-view tickets. Well, here, here, here's, here's what he said. It was actually kind of dirty. Literally, you're so fucking stupid. On Saturday night, I'm going to bring you to a place you never want to be. I'm going to bring you to the seventh layer of hair. Hell. Okay. No, I'm bringing you to the seventh layer of hell. You, we'll, we'll, we'll say what's up to your dad while we're there. Oh. Now, Jared, now, Jared. Was that enough to get punched at work? Yeah, I said you can get punched in the face for that. <laughs> <laughs> their, their job is to punch each other in the face. Yeah, if Leon Edwards had uh, gone up and hit him in the face, it might have caused the fight to not be able to happen the next day. They're gonna get to, they're gonna get a chance to punch each other in the face. So, you know, he's like, but he oh. said it right then, though. If he said it right then, right then you yeah, got you got to you got to have that nigga moment. But Leon Edwards is also British. <laughs> oh come on, you nincompoop! You can't do that, hey! Come on. Nigga moments can happen to any black man at any time. Hey, I, that was my space. I had my blinker on and everything. Fuck you, punk ass, bougie ass, hook ass nigga. I'll beat your motherfucking sadiddy ass nigga. Don't never in your life ever try to holler at me, nigga. Fuck with me, nigga. I'll be done pop the trunk on your bitch ass nigga. Get my motherfucking oozy, nigga. What did you say, nigga? You know what, motherfucker? Eat a dick, nigga. I'm tired of this motherfucker. Oh, yeah! Look at you. You was popping all that good shit a second ago. Then you got kissed in your chest. You eat a dick, nigga. You eat a dick. Bobby Green decided to have a nigga moment last week, and then the night after, he got his ass knocked out. So it's like, dude, don't have a nigga moment before your fight because that's you're going to be more hyped for that in the nigga moment than you will at that fight. You'll come in flat, bro. The adrenaline dump a day after, after getting into a nigga moment, you know what I'm saying? You got to get in the ring and fight somebody. It's not a good idea, Bobby Green. You got knocked out. You was fighting another nigga, though. You wasn't fighting niggas when you had your nigga moment, but when you fought a real nigga, <laughs> you didn't have enough nigga moment left in you. <laughs> Are you doing the nigga challenge right now? Let's go. <laughs> yeah. How many times you can say it? Nah, it was, it was just, you know. Anyways, um, Donald Trump was also uh, at the event, so that was a good. Hey man, he he got he ain't, he got nothing else to do. He's retired. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another UFC fighter uh, had this to say about, you know, just we. I don't think we give enough MMA fighters credit for like them being like, like really dedicated, hardworking, like you know, competitors. Um, but also credit for them being shitty people. Also being well rounded. I think like this guy. Um, I don't know his name, but. He had this to say. He's a fighter in the UFC. I mentioned that there's like five, six things you care about. So other than fighting and Harley David, Harley Davidson motorcycles, what are the, some of those things? I like big booty Latinas. I mentioned that there's. <laughs> I like booty. Yeah, man, this is hey, man. His job is to get hit in the face. <laughs> fighting <laughs> Harleys and motorcycles and 
big booty Latinas. We they I don't think we give enough credit for being well-rounded people. You was farting in bathtubs, laughing your ass off. <laughs> I cannot believe my trigger. Oh, shit. Can I be fucking here? Got two points on everybody now. Hey, man. I'm going to lose. Hey, man. Keep your microphone on, P Fuck. We need to hear your your, your drunk wife on her birthday. <laughs> Talking about how she wished she had a better husband. Can P Fuck is here? <laughs> Oh Lord! All right. Uh, well, uh, wait. Is there anything else on UFC that was important? Oh, uh, did you see Sean Strickland attacked? Uh, uh, what's his name? Drake is Dupli- Sean Strickland and Drake is Duplicis had an altercation. White trash on South African trash <laughs> violence was never so entertaining. <laughs> no, I missed that all completely. Dana White t- took full uh, responsibility for sitting them near each other. They're uh, set to face off early 2024. They were at UFC 296 last night, and uh, this happened. So it started with Duplessis sort of being Duplessis Sean sitting a couple rows behind Sean Strickland. Fires the gun. Strickland shows, acts like he's shooting him with a gun. And they, uh, right, yeah. so this is exactly so why I want to come in, Strickland Jared. asks so Gilbert Burns' son to move. Oh, and then... Oh. <laughs> Wow. Oh my goodness. Oh wow. That's what out of nowhere. Lacey asked the kid to move That's first. Crazy. No, well, no. No, no. I don't you agree see, with you. You can see Drake here. is behind him, still kind of talking once Sean turned his back. But how about Sean Strickland, who is a psychopath? I thought this was old. To tell the kids to move before he goes and attacks Drake as Duplessis. Well, it's just so ridiculous that the middleweight champion of the world would do that. No, just, dude, it, dude, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, he's out of his mind. He really is yeah. nuts. And look, he's getting off on it. He enjoys it. He had a good time. He got thrown but, out of the you gym. You know, don't do that. And not only that, he had his kid there. He had his family there. And these fools, this is why I don't like, like Aaron, I don't like none of these USC fighters. They all can go to hell. You see right. how agitated he is now? I know. Let's let's make lemonade. Okay. So, but that's, see, Pedro, that's the thing that's going to change with this merger. When they get a part of an actual corporation, and it's not just Dana White, they're going to get an email from, hey, you've been fined $100,000 because you're going to fight no, the no, States. No, 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 no. You do stuff like that, go to jail. You don't fight a man. You're going to tell the man in front of his wife and his child, you're going to fight him. I don't think he was there nut. with his wife go and child. Go to jail child. with the rest he, of the it was other. It was another fighter's uh, wife and child were sitting there, and he asked them to move before he uh, okay. jumped him. You're acting a fool in front of a kid. So go to a kid's place. It's called well, jail. Well, you, you also got to think, Pedro, it's a UFC event. Uh, who's bringing their kids to it? <laughs> uh, now, fighters' there. kids, I get it. Kids fighters' kids, fighters' kids. But like, I don't know, man. You sitting in the very front, like you, like you're in there with all other fighters. Like, you got to be a certain type of person to be there. You not? Jim, who's but it's a it's a it's a sanctioned sport event. Like, it's supposed to be like safe. Even if it's a violent sport, it's still supposed to be like a uh, an they event like, where the public he was where the public can go fighters, and feel though. safe. So the other fighters were either gonna like break it up. They weren't. They weren't dudes who were like. There was no like crews. That's what you always got to worry about. Is like you really defended everybody today, Jared. You defended that on. He defended everyone because he loves Draymond Green and he likes UFC. So he has to defend as much as he can. No, it's not about that. It's just more just me being like everyone there. Three strikes, Jared. Three strikes. You should be on his third strike. Twenty five to life. 
Well, I don't think he's far. I don't think he's far from it. Have you heard Sean Strickland talk? (laughs) Twenty-five to life. He's like a slightly smarter Tito Ortiz, but way more white and way more (laughs) aggro. (laughs) Man, they be Uh, out. Man, they do the most all the time. Yeah, I would play Sean. I thought that was an old. I thought that was an old video because I seen your boy uh, Chuck Liddell in there. No, th- I'm telling you, all there's. I can name you several different fighters that I see all sitting in there, and it was Moreno was sitting right behind him. That was the guy, and then Moreno had his two kids and his wife there, and he asked them to move because they were sitting directly behind him. But Mor- Moreno was right there. He could have like, he's not gonna let some crazy shit go off. But that's the other thing. It's like in those kind of like wild skirmishes in the stands when it's f- people fighting in the stands, you always worry like it's groups of people fighting each other or it's a group of people beating the shit out of like one or two people, right? And it's like gets kind of out of control. In this situation, that wasn't the regular stands. That was like, those were all like people that UFC media is on that front section on the other side. And you got all the UFC fighters that they're taking their they little kid there. No, no, but they can bring their families. They can bring their families there. So, yeah, yeah. so those kids, they've seen their dad go through several five five round yeah. fights where he comes out where they probably seen they up. they probably also seen their dad beat their mama. So it's okay. Exactly, yeah. exactly what I was gonna say because they choked yeah, the mama. Yeah, oh, this, this one guy actually to be this one guy might actually be a good dude. This, this guy in front of their kids. No, no, Brandon Moreno uh, is giving no indication that he is not a good dude. Just gonna put that out there. I'm not. I will not defame Brandon Moreno. Scum of the earth. Tell him, McCluskey. Tell him what time it is. <laughs> Brandon Moreno didn't do anything. He was sitting there with was his family right there. There's just some fools, man. They all they're just. They're always. <laughs> I would have like I would have tried to fight both of them. Anyway, so uh, so yeah, he was a escort- Sean Strickland was escorted out, and uh, you know, Drake is duplicitous. Knows how to get some, get under people's skin. He said he was the true African champion. Uh, as a South African man uh, in the UFC. Wait, dude. Wait, he got out of his mouth. Skin dude turned around and pointed a pretend gun at So he did a finger gun at him. No, I'm just saying Drake is duplices. I'm not saying that Sean Strickland did anything to like it's you don't have to do much to get on the Sean Strickland skin. Like you know, he carries a gun to his mailbox because he's like, just in case a crackhead's going through my shit. Like he literally said that on live. <laughs> was that Burke Sugar? Who was that that said that thing about the UFC fighters? No, oh, that, that was, was Bob. A, that was a, oh, Bob Arum. Bob Arum. Yeah. <laughs> Please play that sound bite when you edit this. UFC are a bunch of skinhead white guys watching people in the ring who are also look like skinhead white guys. Well, I take offense to that. Well, ninety percent of the people in the audience wear tattoos. They watched it. It's horrible. Guys rolling around like homosexuals on the ground. Oh, I got it. Exactly what they are. Closet <laughs> homosexual. In NFL news, racism is over. A symbolic example of that was the Raiders Chargers Thursday night game that was a riveting and very close fought game was officiated by an all black officiating crew. What do you guys think about that? And is racism dead in America? After we got our first all black referee crew in 2023. I mean, I, I don't know how I'm supposed to comment on that, Pedro. What, what happened? I missed it. I think I think it really just says a lot about black people and how far we've come because there were enough NFL referees to endure the hazing, the ridicule, and just you know, joke telling about being a referee at anything <laughs> to get to the level of NFL referee. <laughs> Imagine like you go, like you go and you say, Hey man, what do you do for work? 
oh, I'm, I'm a ref. What? <laughs> what do you do, man? Like girls, girls ain't letting you take them to the cheesecake factory. Let alone tell them my man's a, a referee <laughs> for high school games or college games. <laughs> so I'm just saying, we as black people have come a long way. Man. I'm just saying, it should be <laughs> celebrated. Right, what game did we they do? Have this- they did the Thursday night game between the Las Vegas Raiders and the LA Chargers. Yeah, they put they they were smart. They put them at a game they knew nobody was watching in case they fucked they, up. Exactly. <laughs> Aaron took the joke right out of my mouth. I'm sorry, Pedro. I didn't know you was going there. <laughs> sorry, Pedro. No, he, he thinking exactly what I'm thinking. That's okay. I think he proved all those jigaboos wrong. Uh, two middling teams with uh, low aspirations for the rest of the season. Hey man, playoff bound. <laughs> Come on. I kind I kind of got a thing for the uh, the side judge. <laughs> the I got a crush for I got a crush for the side judge. <laughs> the one on the right. Yeah, she's yeah. on TV a lot. He always talks about her. They man. always talk about <laughs> her. Yeah, she's, she's middle age. Got real good hair. But she's she's middle age. She's got a, she, you know, she's you know she ain't got a lot of expectations. I like her. Yeah, they had two in the replay booth, and the on-field crew was all black. So, what a moment. Racism is dead, guys. Are you guys excited about our future prospects in 2024? Now that the NFL has, uh, you know. I thought uh, racism died when Trump became president. He <laughs> <laughs> was bringing yeah, everybody together. Some racism. Uh, shout out to Tyrese for getting in the comments. Uh, he had to say, we have always been very capable. The doors have been shut solid. Anyone making first black announcements needs to be more ashamed than anything. First black in 2023? Nah, I'm good. Am I the only one aroused right now? In other news, I didn't want to bear the lead with the black officials, but in other news, in NFL news, Brandon Staley was fired after that black officiating crew uh, allowed his team to be defeated by the Las Vegas Raiders, 63 to 21. What do you guys think about Brandon Staley's firing? Was it too harsh, not enough, or too little, too late? Too little, too late. I don't understand why they fired him after that. It's like, dude, wait, the playoff game didn't get a fire? The year that they didn't make the playoffs, when the Raiders were trying to go for a tie, that would have put them both in the playoffs, and he called a timeout with the minute 20 left like a dumbass? <laughs> The Raiders are like, wait, they're trying to win this by calling timeouts? We go, they weren't going to kick a field goal. They said we were content. We didn't want a turnover. We were content with just running the ball out, running the clock out, and both of us going to playoffs. And Brandon Staley, dumbass, called a timeout. The Raiders are like, oh, they're trying to win the game. We better go for it. He had Not- meditated on it and done yoga in the stands before he, the game. That's what about I- what about after week three <clears throat> when they were playing against, playing against Minnesota and his dumbass went for it? They were up by five points, right? Five points with like a minute and t- change left, like a minute, 20, minute, 30. And he goes for it on, on, on his own like 20-yard line on fourth down, fourth and like four. For some reason, he was like, well, if we get this, they don't have any timeouts, we'll run off the clock. So I'm going to go for it. Didn't get it and gave Minnesota the ball. And, and luckily, he got bailed out because Kirk Cousins threw an interception. On the next play. But it's like, dude, there was a million things. You fired him after a blowout loss in which he didn't have no quarterback, no running, no no starting wide receiver, two starting wide receivers out, starting left tackles gone, and you fire him after that. You should have fired him a long time ago. This is why bad franchises, I was saying last week, Pedro, when talking about the Jets, 
bad franchises aren't unlucky. They're just always run poorly by yeah. usually from the top down. But your, your, your take, you just gave 100% agree on everything. They should have fired him, but he went for that fourth and 20. I was like, oh, he's remember, I said this back in. I was like, this nigga out here playing John Madden. I will hitchstick a woman's weave into another area. <laughs> I say he's playing, he's playing real life John he, Madden. He shouldn't have got the job. He he was one year as a coordinator for the Rams, in which he took over a defense that was ranked number one the year before. Sean McVay was doing his nepotism, letting his boys get a job, and he fired the number one. He fired uh Wade Phillips to Wade give Phillips. him that job. Yeah. Did he fire him or did Wade Phillips? I think didn't they have a uh fallout no, he fired him. Resign? Oh, I thought that he resigned because no, he fired Wade him. Phillips so Wade so he could hire Brandon Staley as Brandon defense State. coordinator when the defense was already one of the top defenses in the league. And he fired yeah. Wade Phillips, moved Brennan oh, Staley God. there. Or should he say, I mean, it was a firing, Pedro. It was, it was like a talk about moving on. It yeah, was a fire. Yeah. He okay. fired Wade Phillips. And then Brennan Staley does one year with the defense as dope already. gets And then gets the charger job he didn't deserve. Yeah, you know, I think you guys are being a little harsh on the guy. He was like, a, he's a genius, wasn't he? He's a genius. He's a genius at playing John Madden. This is real <laughs> life out here. <laughs> Is Kellen Moore the new head coach now? I don't know. Did they name him? Had an announcement, have they? Oh, you know what? That's a good. Yeah, they sure haven't. I know they fired that general manager too. So, who who knows? Tom Telesco. No, no, they. That's the. No, that was the GM they fired too. Sorry, my bad. It's uh, Giff Smith. Yeah, they ain't gonna name what you call it. He can't coach the whole team. Uh, Kellen Moore. Uh, you know, conspiracy brother in me thinks that Kellen Moore is pulling the genius playbook of his mentor, one Mr. Jason Garrett, who just so happened to also basically coach the team into getting Wade Phillips fired from the Cowboys as head coach while he was offensive coordinator who ran a stagnant, plain-ass, boring-ass offense. They fire Wade Phillips midseason, and he takes over, and he gets 10 years as the goddamn head coach. Kellen Moore Who's thought it? he was running Jason Garrett's playbook, but he didn't do it quite well enough. No, they don't usually uh, like put defense coordinators or offense coordinators in the head coaching job right away if they don't have to. Uh, essentially, yeah, like, especially they if they don't want to give over. them the job. No, yeah. I don't think they I don't know if they want to because, you know, Kellen Moore was getting calls about becoming a head coach uh, over the last couple of seasons. And he 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 had stayed away like he didn't like actually interview for a couple of jobs. And so there was a there was a run. But I think maybe after this season, people are realizing he might not be doing <laughs> he, he unlocked part of Dak, but then didn't then like it's like he, he couldn't figure out how to like properly keep it unlocked. He like unlocked right. part of his game and then yeah, didn't know for, how to maximize it because well, he don't know how to play. Dak, need, Dak needs to unlock Dak. Like he needs to stop. Uh, Dak Prescott play like dog shit today, guys. Hey man, okay, you got a bad hey, game. Hey. I mean, you don't have stinkers. It's the NFL, man. Let's put it this way: Hey, you guys got to all remember that Dallas is a dome team. Okay, right. they have opened in the top, what, what but they are a dome team. Like he's treated as such. Yeah, that's, that's the problem. Right. It's cold outside. Play. 
They need to work they hard for home field if they're going to play like well, that. Well, they're not going to get it now after losing that game. They're going to be a wild card team. They're going to. Well, they and this to... is what I expected. They were going to be a wild card team this whole time. So I'm not. I'm not super high or super low on the Cowboys. Lost 31 to 10 against the Buffalo Bills. I just need I... them to go beat San Francisco. That's all I need yeah. to do in San Francisco. And I'm afraid that's not going to happen. I don't know that that yeah. can the happen. The Rams did Hardy. it. The Rams did it after losing like nine straight times San Francisco Hardy. and then beat them in the playoffs. Now I did hear the Cowboys yeah. had about 11, 10 I'm or 11 a... players today who were under the weather. Uh, they are, I'll yeah, say they all the 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 right, exactly. <laughs> no, I'm not worried about Brock Purdy. I'm worried about that big nigga Trent Williams and them other dudes that break cackles. It seemed like nobody even want to run up against some cats. They get out physical. the way when that dude when Trent Williams go down the field, they make business decisions. Like I'm not tackling nobody. <laughs> Yeah, we can thank the uh, the I'm former. We can too. thank the commanders for fucking that up and giving them. <laughs> yeah, that was that was. See, and they did some dirty foul shit. Ran, you want to talk about somebody the losing trust? Yeah. Losing that, trust. Exactly. Well, remember you know? what happened? He had cancer, and they dumbasses right. kept saying it was just a cyst, and he said, they "Ignored can I see, it." Can just I seek it. a second opinion? And they told him no. Right. That, then, that, they ignored that it, trash. and then ended up being cancerous. Right. Oh, trash. And now you're out there p- taking revenge, y'all. <laughs> it's a bad organization. A bad, it's just, you know what? It's a badly ran franchise. Ever since the Kent Cooks died and then his family sold it to Daniel Snyder, it's been poorly run since then. Daniel Snyder, in other news, is still a douche. <laughs> Capital D douche. Um, and did Brock Purdy play again after he got hit? Yeah, he must have. Yeah, he played. He got hit hard today, though. Yeah, he got hit. He was down on the ground. He threw yeah. what? Did he throw throw like well wide open five wide? I mean, open they, everybody's wide open, man. I'm watching they, the highlights. I mean, just, Every yeah, play, they're wide. Dude. One of them, one of them, Debo Samuel, yeah. so wide open. They faked like a, a jet sweep, and nobody guarded him. And he just walked into the end zone. Basically, like to beat the Niners, yards. you have to. They're, they're schemed. They play. They 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 are well complemented how they're built. They play a super physical, man on a man type of football, right? They also have a scheme with uh, Kyle Shanahan, who is a master of scheming things with motion and movement, um, to get people in like advantageous situations where it's basically my man. If your man doesn't beat my man. We're gonna win this play. We're gonna we're gonna get positive yards or whatever, and so it comes down to the way. It's similar to what the Niners were doing with Kaepernick in 2013. No, Kaepernick was a nice weapon, though. Jerry. No, no, but no, no. But what I'm saying, what I'm saying is though they they played a similar. It was kind of there was the read option looks to it. There was the motions, and it was basically a, physical. It, it was a there. This Niners team is physical too, Aaron. That's what it I'm is, saying. It is physical. They're, they're the, the most physical game. team. They are more physical than the than Philly was the only team that matched them physically last year. They're physical. They on the, they're they're physical on the defensive side. They're physical on the offensive side too. That's that's the point. They are, uh, but they're but the not in the past. Aaron, you, you see, Aaron, this is where your Rams. This like uh, you say I'm being a, a, a game lawyer. Apologies. Uh, no, no, you, you got like yes. That's it's because they play a physical brand. A lot of times you're like, oh, you're a finesse team because you scheme a lot of things, or you're a physical team and you're like more just like simple, like run it in a motherfucker's face. The Niners have best of both worlds. They have finesse 
scheming with a physically they, they play physical their receivers are physical blockers everyone's physical on that team you can't yes. take away from that you no. you and your ram fandom is is trying to take away a little too much from the fact that the niners i and i hate it i hate this it's the problem that i i hate it but i have to call it for what it is the niners are the most physical and the most well-schemed team I just need league. your Cowboys to step up and beat them. That's all I need. Well, I, it's whether or not I trust that the Cowboys have the ability I to do mean, it. I think they have some of the talent. Step up and beat them. Like, the yeah, point like, is, like the Rams beat them two years ago. Player for a player, you have better. to beat them consistently. That's how. Th- that that is how. When the everyone's trying to take figure the, out how to take the play. Everyone's trying to figure out. Everyone's trying to figure out how to play that read option offense against Kaepernick and not to create those open passing opportunities off of that or the open running lanes off of that. And what did the team that beat them do? The team in particular, it was Seattle either did it, but they didn't have necessarily the same type of parts, or it was the Baltimore Ravens, who are a physical-ass team. They said, man on a man, responsibility, responsibility. You take the quarterback, my responsibility is the running back, and our D-line is going to hold up and not let big ga- ga- gashes and holes happen. And they played that team square, and they you know, neutralize them to many degrees. Same thing has to happen here. You have to play man on a man and neutralize and say, physically, my man is going to be just as good, if not better than your man on this play. And we're going to make the play and we're going to do it consistently. A lot of teams can't do that. So they try and scheme around the scheme and they get exploited or they just get physically dominated because they don't have the players to match up in that way. So it's, do you have the players that can match up to what the Niners do in that way? And do you have a good enough scheme to also still be able to like knock it, you know, Shanahan can can adjust and exploit you in other ways. And do you have the players to be able to, on the back end, cover, right? It's like, man, man on a man? You say, we're going man all day? Bruh, that's how you beat the Niners. You, you This extra zone shit? No, the zone don't work. And that's the thing. not going to work. Do all yeah. the zone shit. And if you're, not, if you're not saying, my man's going to beat your man on this play, my man's going to beat your man on this play, my man's going to beat your man on this play, you're sitting there on your heels and you're getting you're basically you, playing into their what hands. What you basically have to do to beat the Niners is always apply pressure on their best player. And that's Trip Williams. <laughs> you see, that's how Cleveland beat him. Take his knees out. Yeah, you, you gotta apply pressure on him. You can't let him get out in these zone blocks. If you let him escape out in the if you didn't look at all the screen plays, look at how many screen plays the Niners score. That is all remember when he was he was missing, he was hurt, and how bad they played without him? He is mm-hmm. he is the offense. And I looked at this dude, I'm like, he's comp- the complete offense. Today, when I was watching the Cardinals, he was upfield making blocks. Mm-hmm. And I'm five, six yards down the field, pushing people out the way. Mm-hmm. It's like a point of attack and they wide receivers block. So you have a triple threat. They're know? a physical team and they yeah, have they, good scheme that dudes out of the way. You have to you have to say we are gonna like when you yeah. play the Niners, you just say, we are going to try and out Yeah, well, yeah. And you have to go into the mentality. Like, you have to go You have to go in that mentality. The Niners are building momentum, and they play with that mentality. Like, we're going to be more back. physical than you. you we're going to we're gonna impose zone. our will on you. And you got to say, nah, fuck that shit. And you got to, but you got to do it play after play. They're built where they're used to doing and playing this way and being, trying to be the bullies with, you know, a great scheme behind them. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You gotta put you gotta put a man on a man hat on a hat. You know, you, know, you got the old school them cats, and that's the problem. That's the reason why the Niners got a, 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 a better record than everybody because everybody's building their defense around speed. So you got all these small safety type dudes out there playing linebacker yes. and they're getting they they face pushed in. I agree. No, that's what happened to the big fat dude that used to sit in the middle of the line, man? 
Give Justin them a, Tucker. Drive about th- yeah, drive about three of them dudes. You you, if you're in the NFC, you need to draft some fat nose tackles. You need you a you need you a Vince Wilfork that's gonna yeah, say somebody like I'm that. not gonna always get to the quarterback, but I'm gonna keep pushing this yeah, pocket push, every play. You need somebody to push the pocket. How did the Patriots lose their Super Bowl? You push they the pocket. Have, they yeah. push the pocket. That's that's push the pocket. And that's something that I've 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 contested for a long time. Edge dressers are are like the nice little Ferrari, but if you want to get shit done. You know what I'm saying? You need your railway, you need your infrastructure. Infrastructure and your efficient and good infrastructure is your tackles. Are they how, always on the job? Are they always pushing Remember how dominant the, the Steelers were? You know why? Because they had steroid uh, weightlifting dudes like Harrison and all them big old linebackers. <laughs> they didn't yeah. care, but they didn't give a damn. And they had polymorphic, one guy that could cover the whole field. And you had all these giant linebackers. Yeah, the game is definitely faster than it used to be. And it's... It's become, you know, a little, little more interchangeable about skill sets. People being able to play multiple positions, a little more flexibility, and it, it is what it is. But yeah, but when that weather change, all that the thing about the way. Niners, the Niners, they they play in California, so it might be a little rainy here and there. It's not gonna get super cold. They're like, that's the one thing that gives me good hope that the Cowboys, like, okay, yeah, they'll have good well, weather. If you play the Niners in in Santa Clara, you're gonna have decent weather. It might be a little wet or moist, but it's not gonna be. It's not. It, hopefully, it's not like some crazy. Yeah, that actually might be something fun to watch. It's a crazy ass mud bowl, and just you know, see, see which team can can uh, can wear on another team or win. That's how you beat the Niners. Also, you play them like Chicago did last year, where they were playing. Wait, hold on. <laughs> how you beat them is Mother Nature. Mother Nature, yeah. Mother, hey man, Mother Nature is undefeated, never lost. Neither is time. Sound like, sound, time sound and Mother like, Nature uh, are married together, my friend. I'm just letting you know. What, what was that movie with uh, Adam Sandler? The remake or whatever, the football movie? Oh, uh, Longest Yard. Longest Yard. Longest Yard, yeah, yard where they just so, where you're so cool. Like, all right, yeah, hey, we'll where they let Steve Austin drop the hard N word. He did? He finally got to say it. In that movie? Yeah, I didn't watch that shit. I didn't know. They might have changed it in the digital copy, though, Aaron, so you won't be offended. <laughs> All right, let's get to Cutty Corner shoutouts. Cutty Corner shoutouts. Cutty Corner shoutouts is something on the show where everyone gets a chance to rank, complain, or highlight something positive in the world. Cutty Corner shoutouts. Cutty Corner <laughs> shoutouts. Jerry, the show really confirmed a lot about you. What are you talking about? Love Jerry Green. <laughs> unconditionally unconditionally no 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 you're, no, like no, the, no you're the Jada Pinkett Smith you have a Jada Pinkett Will Smith relationship with Draymond Green like whatever yep. the fuck yep. <laughs> he do uh, fuck y'all niggas fuck y'all niggas Cutty Corner shout outs Aaron, do you have a Cutty Corner shout out? I do, I do. And the, the sad part was that it was actually going to be about love, actually. But that's already been taken away. My Cutty Corner shout out goes out to this just this society and this hypocritical stage we're in right now. Uh, watching a lot of sports. I see a lot of commercials and sports talk shows when I wake up in the morning for betting. Betting is being real big. But then they have the nerves and all this bet stuff. They say, bet responsibly. 
you know, oh, don't make any bets unless you can bet responsibly. And I'm like, well, you're trying to take people money. Why the hell you care if they bet responsibly? They even had the nerve. Uh, if you watch the commercial closely at the end, there's a like a number to call in case you're feeling like you're stressed out because of betting. It's like, what kind of shit is this? It's, I always wondered how society was when they decided to enact what was legal and what was illegal as far as like smoking and, and, and alcohol. And I see what it is, betting. We sold out our society. Like I, I watched a game, it was Miami Heat. I think I might've mentioned on another show where the score wasn't even close and your boy Duncan Robinson was on the line. He makes a free throw and it was like a group of like five guys sitting behind a basket and they go, wow, the game wasn't even close. It was like the last 20 seconds of the game and they're going crazy. And then uh, the announcer finds out that why they were going crazy is because he was sitting on 14 points and he needed to score over 15 for the parlay and all the bet, bet NBA and all that shit for FanDuel. And so when he made the next free throw, these guys went nuts because he made points and they won the parlay. And it's like, okay, it adds a little nice aspect. For me, I don't need that aspect to watch sports, right? I like the little intricacies of sports. Every sport's different, whether it's baseball, bullpens, rotations. I like my intricacy of football and basketball. I like, I hate how basketball don't all run different offenses anymore and they shoot too many threes, but I still like it. Somebody cut a corner shot out. Let me just stop rambling. It's against betting sites. It's bad for our society, and I, I just don't understand. What's worse, betting sites or the comments section? Oh, they're both bad. They're both bad. <laughs> One they're betting both bad. Site? They both lead to people who have struggling mental health. Oh, mm. The whole internet is a problem with mental health. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, hey, I watch people change because of the internet. Including myself. Well, you know what, uh, Aaron? Just just to show you how far gone we are with the uh, internet culture, uh, I'll show you this. Oops, sorry, I didn't mean to. I don't want to do that. Go back. How we get back to here? A regular internet. Here is Charleston White discussing oh, his moment where he uh, decided to no. start an altercation no. with a fan, and why he we decided to it. do it. I tell the nigga, uh, nigga, you got your arm around the nigga. Like y'all go together. Yeah, yeah, if y'all nephew and uncle. So his woman come out of nowhere, big old bitch, come sit on that nigga lap. I'm his woman, I'm winning. So I said, oh, baby, you might need to watch nephew and uncle. They might be sneaking and fucking each other. Boy, that nigga got mad and jumped up. Oh, yeah, now nah, Michael Jordan, tennis shoe wearing, yeah, nigga. So now he's standing up making threats because guess what? He wants some clout. And I want some too. Hmm. We he don't know, nigga. I'm a clout chaser too now. He trying to get some clout. So nigga, I take advantage of a great opportunity to ruin a comedy show and go viral. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, you know, you got about 15, 20 more minutes on your shit, my nigga. Do you want to finish out the comedy show or do you want to go viral? Which one is more important to you? Making these people happy or letting the world see them? Guess which one I pulled? I, I didn't see. Understand that may sound. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's about another three minutes of this. <laughs> yeah, Adro, do you have a cutty corner shout out? Go, go to Brandon because there's noise in there. Okay, Brandon, <laughs> do you have a cutty corner shout out? 
Oh yeah, man. Kind of cool. Shout out goes out to the uh, transfer pronoun and uh, these uh, university collectives. Did you say the transfer pronoun? He said portal, dude. Portal. <laughs> uh, Pedro, you missed the epic magic moment with Aaron at the beginning of the show. <laughs> I don't know if it's epic moment or he needs to be therapist. But... It was epic because he pronounced the same word about upteen different ways. <laughs> but uh. Yeah, man. So, um, uh, so if you don't know, whatever university you may have attended, hey, may have contacted you about becoming part of their, uh, their team's collective or NIL collective. This is a monthly subscription you can subscribe to to get exclusive content, interviews, podcasts, get invited to exclusive events, all for the purpose of generating enough money to pay players to come to your school for football, so football and basketball specifically. So this has been going on for since uh, since the NIL NIL started. This is legal because they create these corporations or entities to do this. Uh, basically, what's happened is that there's a shit ton of shit ton of uh, what do call uh, disposable income out there in the world because apparently it costs one to two million dollars for a starting <laughs> Division One quarterback per year. Uh, so part of my cutting court shout out goes to the NIL. And a transfer portal, we got so many kids transfer from school to school because they just want to, quote unquote, see the field. When really, it's really just a play to get more money for whatever school they're trying to go to. There's a lot of there's a lot of it I like, a lot of it I don't like. Number one, I don't like that school's not playing the players. I really like that kids have the fluidity to go wherever they want to go because these coaches will leave if they get another opportunity. Uh, I don't like that Boise State took me up to be part of the collective. That's the one thing I don't like because they is <laughs> old. Uh, I forget who whose joke it was. He was like, "What you do with the what you do with the sixty thousand dollars I gave you already? <laughs> Why do you need more money from me?" Uh, but uh, so that's what I'm saying. Like, there's a big thing that's happened to college football, and actually, somebody. I wouldn't expect to say something smart. It says some smart. Chip Kelly decided goes out on the record this week, basically calling for a sixty-four team football conference where all all the Pac-12, Big Ten, Big Twelve stay where they are for basketball and softball and track and all this other stuff because those things are important to universities. But football have the top sixty-four teams just paying in one conference, and like that way, there's no there's no. Uh, there's no uh, there's no controversy about who should be the top team in the, in the thing when you have Alabama playing Troy or somebody like that versus Washington <laughs> playing Arizona State. Uh, I mean, I'll be honest. I think he's correct. <laughs> it's, that's where it's going anyway. Uh, now, and the main thing about that whole thing is that uh, there's teams in the SEC that shouldn't make the 64 just because they're in the SEC. <laughs> teams like Mississippi State. Vanderbilt, Texas, it. Vanderbilt. There's teams in the Pac-12 definitely gonna make it. Obviously, Washington State and Oregon State found out the hard way. <laughs> they not one of the top sixty-four teams. Uh, but yeah, man, college football, college sports is the best right now. Um, I need, uh, I need, I really just need Boise State to stop sending me emails and, and letters about joining the collective. Um, I don't know why they never <laughs> gave me my information. Um, yeah, man, but I, I think, uh, yeah, man, this this whole thing's got, I got sort of sidetracked because I've been drinking with this whole show and it's a four hour <laughs> show. So <laughs> it's a little sidetracked. Pedro, do you have a Cutty Corner shout out? Yes, I do. All right. I try to keep this to sports, but uh, it seems oh, like. Man, if, man, I, dude, 
Hold on. Before you start, is this the? Yeah. I texted you one last week. The one you said you want to do. Yeah, you're talking about a regular yeah. team. In yeah, go do no, one. No, no, no. That's what last I'm week. On this whole, oh, no. You texted all of us. To <laughs> yes, that's what I'm on. That's what I'm on. Okay. okay. If you would have forgot that shit again, out of it. No, that's what I'm on. I got it. That's what I just sent you. I just sent it in the chat, so everybody can read that. Um, but I am. Uh, I guess because y'all irregular algorithm, I'm starting to get a lot of ads. Okay. <laughs> and I guess I, I have been looking at a couple of BBW websites and things like that. Because I'm a lonely man that's married. Okay. Um, they ain't had sex in a long time, is what I'm trying to say. And also have an erection. Uh, 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 erection, erection. I can't say it now. <laughs> have problems having sex. Okay. Mold. <laughs> I'm old and I don't want to anymore, right? I'm asexual. You ain't fucking right? old, dude. We're the same I'm, age. I'm asexual. Aaron, just because you like having sex doesn't mean I like having sex, okay? <laughs> Not the same people, okay? I don't go around looking for sex like you do. I'm a married man. If I was single, I would go around looking for sex. It, hence my uh, cutting quarter shout out. Hymns. Okay, I'm always getting I'm always getting erectile dysfunction ads everywhere. I, everything I'm on, right? I can't get away from them. So listen to sports. Here comes an ad for hymns. This is some other one that has something with a rooster on it or something. It's just all kind of stuff to help your irregular irregularity from having sex. But this one took the cake. Okay. I just want if I uh, if I want to have sex with my wife, I want to take a pill, have sex with her, lay down, then go to the strip club. Okay, that's what I want to do. <laughs> all right, I just want to take a regular pill. Okay, just a regular pill. This company has came up with an idea to make a erect, uh, erectile dysfunction medicine or whatever it is into a mint. Or chewing gum. You're chewing gum? Yeah, I, I don't. I chew, hold on. Can I just, I just want to take a pill. What if I have some Tic Tacs in my pocket and I have the hymns in my pocket and I mistake the hymns for the Tic Tac and the Tic Tacs for the hymns? Now I'm walking around with a pervert ass erection because I'm eating a mint or chewing gums. Okay. What, what is this world coming to? I, I used to make fun of this because I was young when uh, Viagra and Cialis and all that stuff came out. I used to make fun of people. I used to always make fun of people. But, ah, you need a pill to have sex, man. They, they, shoot, they need to be like me because I used to get this thing hard in an instant, right? I can get hard wind blow, right? I used to be good yeah, at that. We get real personal right now. We get real. Yeah, I used to be good at that day, boy. I've been, it's it's that, called that's puberty. My, that, 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 that thing, boy. No, I'm talking about my no, dude, like 20s, 20s and 30s. 30s. Yeah, man. I was a sex machine. Yeah. Ain't oh, you and Mary I heard they used to call you Sweet Dick Willie. Exactly. That's what they used to call me in my uh, early, mid-20s and late 30s. I'm knocking down, boy. I shoot, I was known in the streets. Known in Grand Junction. You know, I was known out here. You mixing candy with sex now? Or you mixing breath mints with sex? I, I can't have nothing that's pure. 
I, look, and then I'm tired of all the other ads too. I'm getting, I'm getting all kind of just sex, just sex, 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 gambling, sex. Just like Aaron said, it's funny because I was gonna play off of that. Gambling and sex, gambling and sex. I just want to watch sports, okay? I just want to look at BBWs online, okay? I don't want the ads to go with it, okay? <laughs> I don't need mints, although I do have that erectile dysfunction, okay? I just want precursors. Like I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the previews. I don't yeah, need the, the make. <laughs> yeah, I don't need. I'm not. I'm not going out no more. I'm done. I'm, I'm, it's, I'm over with. I even stopped looking at BBWs to slow down the algorithm on these ads. <laughs> and, I, and I'm getting on the sports. I'm getting on podcasts. Every podcast I listen to, I'm watching car shows, and here that's the ad for it. Hey, take these hand mints. That way you can have a Corvette and a hard on. What is what is going on? I just want to. I, I just want to. I just just want to see. I don't. I don't BBW. know. That. I just yeah. Just let me see the BBW. Let me listen to my sport podcast. Let me watch my car shows, my space shows, and all the stuff that I watch without trying you to without you trying to help me get an erection. Okay, I don't need it. But I don't need no. Yeah, yeah. Leave my dick out of this, please. <laughs> I don't need erection no more. This is a dick-free environment. <laughs> How do you expect men not to do Me Too s type shit when the right. internet yeah, algorithm yeah, is always trying to make yeah. everything sexual for us? Thank you. It's like, man, that was a that was a, a a great talk about cars. I never knew that about cars. I have so much better appreciation about cars. Do your dick not get hard enough? You want to get it harder? Come on, it's easy as a mint, nigga. <laughs> get the bodice convertible and take these mints. Get your dick hard. Well, nobody talk about dicks until y'all came in the room. In other UFC news, or in other sports news, after 16 storied years, Brittany Palmer has decided to retire, marking the end of an era. Who? Who? Who will her legacy be? I don't know who the hell you're talking about. Brittany Palmer. Who? <laughs> Brittany, did you need another podcast. You need a UFC podcast, and you need a, uh, a social life podcast, or whatever, your soapbox podcast. I mean, <laughs> who the podcast. hell are you talking about? I don't Brittany know Palmer. No, oh, this She's is a bad. ring girl. A ring girl. Yeah, sixteen years on the oh, job. Okay. Yeah, nobody knows, tats, nobody knows who that is still. What does that tattoo say? I can't see. Hold on, let's see. If we can zoom I'm a, in. On. I'm a slut, amen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like this website. I gotta leave. Oh, configuration. Oh, Jesus. See, I got clothes. I know you're playing with this, man. They're trying to configure something. Anyways, Brittany Palmer, the ring girl. What do you remember her from foremost? <laughs> Go to that first picture on the top with Dana White or whoever that is right there. That's uh, Joe Rogan. Yeah, that's her best picture she got up there. No, it ain't. Her best picture the one right there where she in the bed half naked. <laughs> That's a good picture too, but you slut. Tell me he didn't just say that. 
page or coming in hot this week. This man does not represent me, Your Honor. I would remove that from the court records. I would. Oh, Lord, Jesus. Anyways, 16 years? 16 years. Uh, Ariane Celeste retired a couple of years ago, and uh, Brittany Palmer, the second most tenured, I believe, is stepping down from her job as a ring girl in the U.S. Uh, Sounds like there'll be a new OnlyFans account coming out pretty soon. 